and tribe this week. For those that are new here, my name is Tina Ginn, and I am an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author, a financial expert, and an app developer of your backup plan app. And I'm located here in Vancouver, BC. And you can expect product reviews, workshops, some tutorials, and some tips and tricks from our interviews on my channel with real life people and their real life stories. So if you are new here, please go ahead and click on the subscribe button and tap on the bell so you don't miss out on any new video uploads. So this week, I am excited to get into the nerdy, nerdy stuff of mortgages. And I have a wonderful uh, new friend of mine um, with this interview on this podcast this week with Jenna Schofield with Jenna Jade Mortgages. Welcome, welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you uh, for the invite. Oh, you're, you're welcome. We're going to get deep into the nerdy stuff for everybody and um, have a little bit of fun and I hope give everybody a few tips and tricks. So Jenna, what, um, what kinds of things could you, um, did you go into mortgages? Why, why did you have that passion? Um, twofold, threefold, <laughs> one. I like to help people. Um, I love math and financial planning. That and is great. Yes. <laughs> so uh, mix them all up and uh, here I am. Awesome. Yes. A little bit about myself. Um, I have an educational background in financial planning. Uh, I'm also a qualified associate financial planner. And uh, I have historically for work done financial planning for businesses and capital markets for a portfolio of environmental impact companies. So um, yeah, I've decided to shift a little bit into individuals and businesses for mortgages. And what do you think did you do that for what what kind of what does that give you when you help people with mortgages it it gives me a satisfaction to be able to help people um i like working on a family basis um i love to help uh people grow and plan for their future um, do you have any stories for the listeners out there of a complicated issue from a past client, perhaps, in the last little while? Um, well, I would say that there's no uncomplicated issue. <laughs> Everyone's life is so unique, and a lot of the time when people are looking into their mortgage, they're facing a big change in their life, whether it's uh, upgrading to a bigger place for um, having a new child or a divorce and downgrading or, you know, countless already stressful events um, where all that financial mumbo jumbo is, is a lot more than stress than they should really have to worry about. So that's where I come in to uh, lend a helping hand and advise them on a product and lender that best suits their needs. Um, and did you find that it's sometimes difficult to um, be a broker or is it easier because you have more ability to check other air of other companies that you can? I think it's great being a broker. Um, we are lucky that we have access to multiple lenders with multiple different products, um, with different terms that are more suited to the self-employed or whatever their unique situation may be, different lenders cater to that or new to Canada, um, et cetera, yeah. Are the mortgages the same in Canada and United States? Are they basically similar? I mean, there are gonna be differences. I think there's a lot of similarities and I think a lot of the trends mirror each other. I think um, a lot of the wording is different, but the idea is the same. 
And what would be um, the most common type of application that you would get from a customer? Oh, that's, that's tough. Again, everyone's so different. Um, I guess I'll, I'll narrow it down to two. Um, I would say an insured mortgage or a conventional mortgage where a conventional mortgage is where somebody is putting a 20% down payment or greater and an insured mortgage would be less than 20% down. I'm going to show my age a little bit <laughs> because years ago when um, I purchased a house, um, believe it or not, the rules were if you had more than 50% down okay. of the cost of the home and the homes were, you know, roughly a hundred thousand. Imagine that. Nice. <laughs> because now, I mean, for any listeners out there from any other area than the Vancouver area, the cost now for that same house would roughly be about a million dollars. And so it is a little bit of time that um, it's been, but imagine that, you know, if you had $50,000, you don't have to prove a job or anything like that's how it was. Mm -hmm. um, and things have surely changed since then. Absolutely. Even, um, even though the market is incredibly busy right now, um, with all the changes that we've been seeing and unprecedented uh, pandemics, um, lenders are, are, they're tightening up the rules a bit. And um, it's definitely, there's a lot of documents that need to be provided and, and now more timely than ever. Well, for any listeners out there, I will have a list of documents on our um, blueprint, our membership program that's coming out soon. Um, and it will enable you to be able to be totally prepared to see people like Jenna uh, beforehand so that you can say, here's everything all in one nice little pile. And um, you're not looking for it later. And, and, you know, because it is very stressful, you know, mm -hmm. looking for that last income tax statement or your last city taxes or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's stressful. Like, where did I put it? Where, where is it? Or, you know, I'm trying to get it all together, especially if there's two of you, because you need exactly. theirs as well as yours. Yeah. And we all have very busy lives. So it's, it's perfectly understandable how that happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would benefit from just having that organized. Yes. Um, so the types of mortgages, are there really only two or are there more than that? There are countless types of mortgages. Um, I'll touch on another aspect of mortgages. Um, and it more goes towards rate because rates are historically low right now. Um, I'm gonna talk about fixed versus variable mortgages. Um, if in a fixed rate, if you were to go and change that rate, um, there's a different penalty charge as opposed to when you get a variable rate. And this change or is could be this difference could be quite large. Uh, for instance, in a fixed rate, you could be paying up to four and a half percent of your mortgage balance just to change your mortgage, even if you're just refinancing. Um, whereas on a variable rate, it's three months interest, which is more like half a percent. So a great, great big difference. And uh, this affects your bottom line of whatever rate you're getting. That's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Because you could be talking about for a balance of um, 500,000 with interest of the balance of the mortgage could be huge. So exactly. for it, it our, our, a shock to many people. Absolutely. And, uh, part yeah. of my job to educate and inform uh, people that this could likely happen. And even if you think, oh, I'm not going to move, I'm not going to change anything in five years, statistically, I think close to two thirds of people do. 
and uh, I went in with that mindset, sorry, um, yeah. twice. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I Life changes fast. So I, I've worked a lot with clients with debt, um, understanding their mortgage, understanding their life insurance, et cetera. So what I found the most when you bring up that topic is that if they go into a mortgage, think about whether or not they're going to think that they may want to refinance in that period of time, whether you've chosen a third year term or five-year term or whatever that looks like for you that you've chosen that time, but make sure that you have that thought in your head of perhaps you may need to refinance during that time frame. Exactly. As opposed to having the mindset of I'm not going to move, you might likely want to just change your mortgage around. And the other one idea too that I had with a client was um, you could lock yourself into that term with a conventional mortgage that's not a variable rate, that's a fixed rate, but then have a line of credit attached to it in case you need all those extra things, um, because it's usually a better rate as well. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes getting a line of credit um, can be a little bit cheaper um, in terms of fees than doing a refinance. Um, they both have their perks, um, always depending on your situation. Um, a refinance is, uh, it, it bundles your debt into your mortgage um, and you pay an installment payments and you can reamortize the length of your mortgage for lower payments if you choose and pay monthly. Uh, you typically get a little bit of a lower interest rate in this scenario but you do have to go through the qualifying process, uh, which does incur some lawyer appraiser fees, et cetera. In a line of credit, um, it's kind of nice if you are worried about your cash flow. So you would pay interest only payments. You could use it, you could not use it, it's there for you. Um, you get much lower rates than credit cards. If you are looking to consolidate your credit card, or vehicle financing debt or something like that. Um, and they're good to have, even if you don't use it, it's good for your credit. Um, I love them. And why I love them is because anybody out there, any listening listeners out there who want to get free up their debt, it's, a op it's a wonderful option. Um, but more so, not that I, I'm in the, I'm not in the business of selling line of credits, but um, I love it because I think everyone should, while you're working, have a line of credit sitting there that perhaps isn't used, but is there just in case. So it's just in case of you, like COVID this year. Mm -hmm. It's there just in case you have a month where you've gotten really sick and you can't go to work and perhaps you don't have much of a disability plan. Um, it's great um, if you've gotten sick or someone in your family's gotten sick and you have to take time off work and this will act as your income. And yes, you have to pay it off, but it's much easier to use it, pay it off, and use it and pay it off than it is to all of a sudden perhaps like get cancer and you can't go see a bank or a broker and say, hey, I've got to refinance. I can't afford my mortgage. I can't afford my debt load that I've got credit cards right now. And now I have cancer. Well, nobody's going to want to listen to that. Um, I'm sure. So it's easier yeah. to have it planned set up exactly. it, it all goes back to having a good plan having a rainy day fund just for things like that absolutely and if you don't use it fantastic yeah mm -hmm. I've had clients that have done it to act like their insurance policy mm -hmm. they wouldn't have mm -hmm. I've had clients that act as a renovation kind of extra yep. fund 
Um, I've had clients who have had it for purpose of retirement so that they just have this uh, stability because they don't have the other income streams coming in anymore. So they use it as their extra um, little, you know, fun, might be a fun trips or something or a renovation or a business purchase or something. Exactly. And I think depending on the individual or the family, whether you go with a line of credit or a refinance, it, it really depends on uh, preferences and how much money we're talking, how much equity for both, for both scenarios. It's, it's important to have that equity in your home, not just for qualifying, but just to not go too far into debt as well. Um, you got to know your clients. Are they interested in lowering their monthly payments? Are they more concerned with their overall amount of interest are they paying? Are they, do they want to lower that? Um, or are they looking to get the debt free faster? What are their goals? Um, yeah. When you do refinance uh, here, you can refinance up to 80% of the value of your home. So there could be a good chunk of equity in there, not only for, um, for suggestions there, but if you can invest at a higher rate, there's an opportunity there. If you can, if you want to start a new business venture, there you go. If you want, if uh, during these times, I know a lot of self-employed individuals, businesses have taken a great hit. Um, a refinance for individuals like this would be great to take uh, advantage of some tax incentives of refinancing, which could be really beneficial. Um, yeah, options are endless. Did you find anything unusual during this year of the pandemic? Anything unusual come out? Specifically? Hmm, I'll have to think about that one. I feel that, um, well, in the industry, there's changes weekly, daily. So um, it's harder to find something that's usual. Um, one thing is the how busy the mortgage and real estate market is in, in Vancouver during a pandemic the last few months is, is spectacular. That's amazing. It is. And I think it was just over the summer that it started gearing back up again to right. a regular kind of. I think a lot of people maybe working from home or quarantine at home realize they need an office or they hate their home or, you know, realize that um, it's not working with their spouse. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that happen. <laughs> on earth would that look like <laughs> during this time uh yeah that being said there's um there's another kind of refinance out there that allows you to um take out 95 percent of your equity on a home and that is called a spousal buyout and uh this occurs when there is a separation and uh it it helps the the couple to uh, separate assets. Um, so a lot of people don't know about that one. No, um, I think um, that's an interesting one. And I just saw in the news yesterday that abuse um, is up um, 70% or something. Ridiculous. Wow. Um, so there will be, everybody had said there's going to be a lot of births and there's going to be a lot of divorces. <laughs> during this year so I guess um, we'll have to see how that all comes out the woodwork Did you have anything on the pregnancy rate <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure there will be yeah <laughs> um so refinancing you get a lot of people so every listeners out there refinancing means that you already have currently have a mortgage and that you're either your term is coming up due or um mm -hmm 
or you have a whole lot of debt that you'd like to refinance and bundle it all up somehow. So I guess those are the two things that. Um, or access your equity for whatever reason, wherever you may need those funds, fund your child or your grandchild's education, um, help your business. Absolutely. I've, I've also, it's very common in the Vancouver area for people to take their equity from their current property and then look at investing it into another property to rent. Absolutely. Leveraging, how fun. <laughs> so I'm not sure in the other areas of the United States, Australia, you know, any of our other listeners, um, what it's like in their area, but I know it's very, very common here. Mm-hmm. And I find it very common amongst like brothers and sisters and, you know, getting yeah. together and, and, and doing it, not just, just with a spouse or a partner. You know what? That is a trend that I, I have seen. I didn't really realize it till you said that. Absolutely. That's, that's what I've seen out there anyways, to, yeah. to what's becoming popular. And of course there are, being in the planning and preparation type of world that I'm in, um, emergency preparedness, um, my first thing is if you have purchased a property doing this type of mortgaging, um, Mm -hmm. of leveraging your equity, um, it can cause some other issues if one person passes away or gets very ill and you have bought this rental property with this other person. So yeah. you need to think ahead and how, how that will affect you and how it will affect what you want to have happen with the property. Yeah, of course. Um, mortgages are significantly tied to your financial plan and having your estate planning kind of arranged is hugely beneficial. It's great to know the difference between joint tenants and tenants in common. Um, you got to have your lawyer too, right? Yeah. And for people, what does that mean for, for listeners out there? It means that's what that's on the title of the property when you register. Yeah. And, and, um, and how the assets are, are split or go to the other person uh, upon a death. Um, I find it very easy if it's spouse or partners that are married or living together. It is in Canada anyways, because um, when you're both on the title, it goes to the other person. But when it's, you know, one or two or three multiple people that aren't partners, um, you have to ensure that I always say, you know, get insurance to cover the risk or to have a partnership agreement written up in case of sickness and death because this new venture of real estate when you're renting it is actually a business Mm -hmm. and it should be treated as a business because otherwise there's a lot of issues around that after the fact Absolutely. I think anyone that has gone down the road of doing business with friends and family maybe have learned that the hard way. <laughs> the very hard. <laughs> oh, yes. Be prepared. Have your contracts in place. Insurance, absolutely. Um, if Should you get a line of credit? So people are used to loans, actual loans, which are a fixed loan usually, um, you know, how do you weigh the differences of a line of credit versus uh, a loan, an actual loan? Um, that depends uh, on a few things, uh, preference. Um, if somebody's looking for lower cash flow, monthly cash flow, maybe they would go for a line of credit and um, therefore they're only paying interest on their balance of that line of credit. If they are looking to access a bunch of equity and amortize that payment over 25 years, then maybe go for the refinance. Um, Because the difference is, so if we put it into numbers, the nerdy part of us, 
Yes. If we put it into numbers and you said, okay, for this particular case, um, we need to either refinance, get a loan, or get a line of credit. Which one is better? Um, in comparison, the line of credit would just be a payment of just interest only. Correct. Usually each month. Um, but that might look like if interest only might only be a couple hundred dollars versus a loan, which might be um, six or seven hundred dollars. Is that a good comparison? Quite possibly. So it, it really goes back to what do you need the funds for? Um, how quickly do you think you're going to pay those funds back? How much equity do you have uh, in your property to access it? Uh, if you're very stuck on interest rates, um, or refinance right now, lower rates than a line of credit. But a line of credit has much lower rates than a credit card and a car payment. So just to look at all the numbers of how, so people can really look at those three things and see which fits them best. Yes, exactly. Um, is this person more concerned with paying less interest? Is this person more concerned with having smaller monthly payments? Is this person concerned with becoming debt-free faster? What's the amount? What's the timeline? What are their goals? Where do they want to be in 5, 10, 20 years? Definitely. I think the, I've, what I've seen anyways, you might see something different, but what I've noticed with clients is that they want that less of a monthly payment. They would like to have it get rid of it quickly, of course. But I guess the nice thing about the lower payment is that you can always increase the payment to whatever you want that month. So you could actually pay it off sooner if you were very, very. Um, Absolutely. A line of credit, there's, it's revolving. So you, you can pay whatever you want. Um, that being said, if you're refinancing, a lot of people right now are paying a much higher interest rate than the current rate. So it may not make a difference or they may be paying less. Yeah. So just look at it because it changes all the time to what yeah. the best. But also when refinancing, um, you have to be mindful of the amortization. Because if you're extending it to another 25 year term, you're extending your payments and your interest payments essentially. Um, so yeah, it's about finding out what's important to you. Is this a short-term or a long-term venture? And how can you utilize it to your benefit? But are there tax incentives? Um, how convenient do you want it to be, right? You don't want to go through the whole refinance issue of getting all your documents and qualifying. Maybe a line of credit is a little bit easier. So just look at all of those Mm -hmm. when you're considering what to do exactly um and that's what we're here for yeah we, uh, we're here to guide everyone and advise them kind of give them their options and go from there and how does self-employed mortgages look different for you when someone might you know one partner might be self-employed they might okay. have their own business so what does that look like for for them getting a mortgage? In terms of documents, it's uh, more based on two years of their tax returns, as opposed to just having a secure employment past a probation period. So a longer history. So they, for an employed person, they need two months or past your probation period sure. and you need two um, pay stubs? That's correct, yes. And, uh, and now with uh, COVID, um, a letter of employment confirming your guaranteed hours. Wow, that's an unusual shift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are we worried that we're not going to be working now or what? What is that all I about? think that's a real worry for some people. Absolutely. Um, so during COVID, 
a line of credit is very handy. Absolutely. For these sort of anything. It can be a rainy day. Absolutely. (laughs) Not that not that we want to borrow more money or, you know, but life does trigger issues, of course. Of course. And you know what? When when bad things happen and times get rough, um there's a silver lining usually. There's usually an opportunity somewhere for someone if they're open to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, is there a special trick to refinancing for anybody? Is there a trick in, in that other than getting your documents together? Um, everybody is, is, is super unique. So would I consider um, tax incentives a trick? Yes. Um, One thing I didn't really touch on is something called a collateral mortgage, which many people have already um, and don't actually know it. Um, This is when an amount greater than their value of their home is registered against the property. Um, so if you are in a collateral mortgage, um, you can actually access something similar to a home equity line of credit through your existing uh, lender without the lawyer fees and without the process. Um, so yeah, you could be already in a position to go to the bank. Could you give us an example of what that would look like? So say on their registration of their title of their property, it states, uh, I don't know, a million. Okay. So they didn't know they had a collateral mortgage. How would they know that? It, it would be good to talk to your lender or call call a mortgage broker. They can help you figure that out. Um, it's, it's not that transparent. Like I said, a lot of people don't know that they're in it. Um, a lot of the time, this, this stops them from refinancing at a different institution because the extra fees that are incurred. Um, but if you are looking to refinance or pull out a line of credit, this may be a product that you already have and you don't know it. So that's a true trick and a tip all in one. It is, it is definitely. So for an example, they might have their property listed at a million dollars at the max, but their only, their mortgage might be 750. Correct. That might be what it might look like just to compare. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's true. And then there will be a certain uh, amount that they can access immediately so how would they can they go up to the million for a line of credit on their property or can they can they only go up to 80 or 90 percent of that Uh, it it depends on the qualifying it depends how much the institution um has registered against the property um it, it there are different variables to consider so best to talk to your your mortgage broker or lender um, should, if you possibly can, should people be using collateral mortgages more than what they are? Um, to each their own. I think getting into a collateral mortgage is useful for somebody that does like to take the equity out of their home as their value rises and use that for different ventures. If somebody um, is more concerned with paying their mortgage off, making extra payments, um, switching to a different lender if the rate is way better should not probably get into that type of mortgage and and keep that those options open. Um, that makes a lot of sense and um, I think from say my parents or the generation of the 80s 70s 60s 70s and 80s maybe I'm thinking back that the majority of people paid their mortgage, had their 25-year amortization or term, and mm-hmm. wanted it paid off. That was the thing you did then. 
and then you had a party to burn your mortgage papers. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, but we don't really do that anymore. We never seem to pay off the darn mortgage. <laughs> we okay. either buy up or buy down, but it's until you downsize, it seems like you don't really get rid of any sort of mortgage. Um, but I think we live in a different world now, it seems like, where we use it as a tool, we, or we should be using it as a tool to um, buy more investments or buy more properties or buy a business or a partnership or something along that line. Absolutely. A big difference between the 80s and now is the interest rates where they're all time low. So it makes sense to pull out your equity and go start a business, go invest in something you can get 10 or 12% in. Um, but also with real estate prices being so much higher now too, it does make it difficult to be mortgage free. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It's a great tool to leverage and invest. Absolutely. What's the highest mortgage you've seen so far in your? Um, it's Vancouver. It's <laughs> in the several million. Yeah, that's craziness, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. But it's all relative, you know, whether you're looking at a four or $500,000 house or, you know, multiple million yeah. dollar house. It's all, it's all just relative. It's just a yeah. number. That's how I look at it. It, it is, it is. And when people ask me, um, should I buy now? Is it a good time to buy? I'm like, I don't know. Is it? Is it a good time for you to buy? Is it a good time for your life? Do you qualify? Do you need this home? Um, what are your intentions? Is it a good time? And uh, that's, uh, that's the mortgage broker and financial planner in me, I guess. Yes, because a lot of people would say, oh, yes, it's a great time to buy, but not really look at, well, what position are they in? You know, yeah. what, what does their job look like? What, you know, are they going to still be working for 20 more years? Or what is the purpose of this? And, and all of those kinds of things. Absolutely. And like anything in life, why? Why? What is, what is driving you to do this? Exactly. Well, and my big why is why not be prepared? Yes. Because being prepared means you're going to be prepared for Jenna when she does your mortgage. You're going to be prepared for somebody who gets sick. You're going to be prepared because your parents are getting older and you might have that family conversation, which is really going to benefit you in the end of being prepared. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be prepared for maybe some investing that you hadn't thought of or mm -hmm. that your broker or investor person hasn't discussed with you. So I'm really trying to give people the um, ability, the knowledge, and not so much the inspiration, but the um, empowerment whether it's women or men, but I want to give all of those three things piled up into one so that they can live the life that they want to live. Whether it's out of debt or higher mortgage, but now you have a real estate property. Because I always say that to people. Um, I'd say, well, if you really like to buy another property to invest in with the equity of your current property, um, like you said, why, why do you want to do that? And how long will you keep it for? But not only that, but um, what makes you want to do it? What, what, is, what is the underlying reason? It might be generating income. It might to be something for your family to have later when the property values go up. It might be um, I know in the late 80s, um, early 90s, um, when I was in real estate, they, there was this big thing about taking 
money out of your equity of your mortgage and buying another property. And then once that built up in that property, then you do the exact same thing and you buy another property. Yeah. And that had just started about the late eighties, early nineties at that point that I saw. And of course there's a huge risk to that because you still have to be able to pay that payment if the people that are renting the property aren't. And so that was like the big thing. Well, I don't know, that's really risky, but now it seems like everybody's doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're, pretty, we're pretty lucky here too in Canada. We have a very strong banking system, very stringent uh, qualifying process. So, um, And property values, very property good values. property values. In some cities. <laughs> a majority, a majority. Because I always look at, well, if the property values are down, um, are they always down in that area or are they just on a downturn and you can mm-hmm. catch the wave going back up? Absolutely. So I, I guess there's, you really have to figure it out for your own self, your own income that you have, the equity that you have in it yourself, all of those kinds of things. For the young people out there buying their first place, is there any tips for them? Same as you, be prepared. Give us a call, call your mortgage broker, find out what you need, find out where you stand, get pre-approved before you go shopping so you know what you qualify for. Um, Enjoy the journey. Don't stress out too much. And know your terms, definitely. And the pre-approval is awesome because then you really know what you're going out and looking at. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Um, I, uh, go ahead. Did you, did you have anything else to mention before we? Uh, no, no, not at the moment. I think we threw enough out there at people. But- that was a lot. I could I could go on for hours, but I think <laughs> I think that's enough for now. I think Jenna, we can talk about again next year on our podcast, maybe a little slightly different um, twist to it because there might be other things that people might not have heard about or talked about, or um, and they might be able to check um, in their area what they could do with those tips and tricks. You gave some awesome ones this week. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, and thank you for your business. I am a strong supporter of being prepared, especially for the worst. Um, oftentimes, we are taking massive risks that we don't even know we're taking. So having you and your business could alleviate a lot of stress and financial burdens for families. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I, I love it. It comes from my heart, um, obviously. But I always say to people, you know, you have to get ready and prepared yourself, but you need to be preparing those ones that you love around you too, because if something happened to them, it affects you just the same way. Well, so Yes, absolutely. I really appreciate you coming out to our podcast this week, Jenna. Um, I hope that anybody that's listening, the links will be down below um, in all of our marketing for um, this podcast. Um, It will be on YouTube as well. So I hope that we've inspired you and motivated you to look at your own situation. Um, Create a plan, a unique plan for yourself because it will make a huge impact on you and your loved one. Our website is www.yourbackupplan.ca. I think I said enough W's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our weekly podcasts are on eight platforms. Um, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play are the two common ones. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn because family matters. I always, always, always say that because you do matter and people matter and it's nice to be prepared. It's nice to not be so stressed when you're doing financing. It's nice because it's stressful. 
nobody wants to borrow money. Let's face it, if we couldn't have to, we wouldn't. Um, but it, it feels so good. It feels so light when you actually get it done and it's in place and it's organized. Absolutely. And the opportunities just grow from there. Yeah. And who knows what, maybe there might be some listeners out there that will rethink what they currently have and maybe want to purchase, you know, leverage what they have in their properties now. Maybe they want to start up a business or um, maybe they're starting a whole new venture of a relationship. So I, I. Absolutely. Don't put your dreams on hold. Yeah. It's not worth it. I appreciate your time, Jenna. Um, Thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for your Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.